All right, sound the rock lobster alarm. Um, another emergency podcast feels like every two months I record an emergency podcast. But yeah, I guess that's life covering the Indianapolis Colts over the past few years. So Kevin Bowen back on Monday afternoon. Carson Wentz out five to twelve weeks, having surgery within the next ninety minutes on his left foot to remove a bone. Left metatarsal was the uh, phrase that Frank Reich used. Earlier today from up at Grand Park, uh, we'll be back Wednesday with our normal pod, Camp Takeaway pod, um, you know, more of your Twitter questions that revolve the other 89 guys on the roster. But obviously this is Carson Wentz-centric. Um, I know I mentioned some stuff on Friday. I think a lot of that, if you haven't listened to that podcast, still applies. So feel free to uh, give that listen. And then obviously we touched on a, a whole more, uh, or a whole lot more, I should say, just stuff in general of what I'd seen so far through the first four days up at Grand Park. And um, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, I, I want to weigh the four options that I think the Colts have right now at quarterback. But let's start specifically with Wentz. There are a few emergency podcast questions that I'll get to. Uh, but let's begin with the news of the day. Again, Frank Reich mentioned a, a broken foot he believed Carson Wentz played through and just never realized he had back in high school. And my first thought was, man, I'm surprised that didn't get discovered like during the um, during the combine. You know, it, those you know things you know, get discovered then, and you know, obviously come from North Dakota State. You know, maybe from an FBS standpoint, you know, medically, and I, I don't know who, who knows. You, I look at the North Dakota State program and think they're pretty on top of it. Probably much more on top of it than a lot of whatever Division One programs. Um, but anyways, uh, that bone. Uh, got dislodged last Thursday at practice, and this is where we're at right now. Um, on Friday, I mentioned on that podcast, I thought surgery was the smartest thing, and the Colts wanted the most predictable outcome. That was something Frank Reich said today. He was pretty adamant everyone was on the same page there. And I just like, I know 5 to 12 weeks is certainly not definitive, but I like the fact that there is a timetable. And I think that's important to make decisions. I think that's important for Carson Wentz's sanity. I think it's important for Jacob Eason. And obviously, we won't know how 5 to 12 weeks develops um, here uh, really until about mid-August or late August, and I'll get into that in just a second. But I just felt like you wait for rehab, and then you have surgery, and Wentz is worried about that, and what about his pain threshold? You know, like that matters, especially for a quarterback that is not confined to the pocket. You know, this is, this is a totally, totally different type of QB than Phillip Rivers playing at the turf toe last year. Um, you know, people are kind of, you know, wow, this is kind of a wild injury and all those things. For what it's worth, I think there were people in the Eagles organization that felt like Carson Wentz's, I don't know, just pregame routine, but just in general, his routine um, to play the quarterback position had gotten a bit too extreme in, in just what he was doing to get ready, uh, whether that be practice or for a game. So I don't know if that wear and tear just naturally led to this. I don't know if it's simply you play quarterback a handful of years in the NFL and you're you're going to have these sorts of situations flare up. Um, I think it's pretty freak, but you know th- that is some of the chatter that you do here. Uh, let's get in the timetable. Um, so five to 12 weeks. If I look at five weeks from today, August 2nd, I see Labor Day, September 6th. That would leave three days of practice. Typically, you do practice on Labor Day in the NFL, but I'm trying to think of, I don't know, last year was such a blur, but typically, 
um, you do after kind of the roster cuts. Granted, the roster cuts are a little bit earlier this year. They're August 31st. But following just a normal week schedule, the Colts will practice Wednesday the 8th, Thursday the 9th, Friday the 10th, and boom, September 12th, you're playing the Seahawks at home in your season opener. Uh, Again, best case scenario, let's say five weeks. Is three days of practice time enough? You know, that, that seems super optimistic. Um, I, I probably wouldn't want to risk that. You know, Carson has practiced for a day and a half. So let's say he doesn't practice. I mean, who knows? Maybe he is able to do some throwing stuff in late August and is able to do some sort of team stuff. But, you know, you aren't – under this timetable, I, I would be surprised if he played in a preseason game, obviously. the um, You know, what is the final preseason game? The 27th? That's a good question to ask Frank Reich tomorrow. Let me uh, let me jot that down on my question list. Um, but, you know, that's, I think, kind of unrealistic. Um, Reich, Wentz, preseason. Boom. Multitask. Um, I just don't think that's a whole lot of practice time. I just don't think it's a whole lot of, you know, whatever. On the same page with wideouts, confidence in his foot, whatever route that you want to go there. That to me is, boy, I, I'm not holding my breath on five weeks, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, now, as Frank mentioned today, basically they need to get to about three to four weeks post-surgery to really know where he's going to fall in that timetable with his rehab, and that's the five five to 12 week. Um, sounds like just some rest for these first two weeks, and then once you get to week three, you know, can start to do some stuff on that foot. Uh, it is his plant foot. I, I would think you'd rather be the right foot, but I, you know, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to be some doctor, even though I just did. Um, so basically, I'm not expecting really any concrete updates until about mid-August, moving forward. Um, now, Frank made it very clear: like pain threshold will ultimately be uh, where you go with this. You don't have to be pain-free. You can, you know, play through it, and. Like putting Carson Wentz's pain threshold to the side, I just worry more about, again, his own game. Like, each quarterback is different. And we just talked about Philip Rivers earlier and how confined he is to the pocket. Carson Wentz, not only from an athletic ability standpoint, and a guy that wants to get on the perimeter, wants to do boots, you know, zone read stuff, all of those things, yes, that is, you know, a huge aspect to Carson. But also, you know, this is a guy that, and we talked about this, and I try to stress this during Friday's podcast, he's rebuilding his quarterback play, his own game. You know, lower body up, the fundamental aspect to that position. Does that need a whole lot of attention, you know, in this process? Um, I, I, I think that's a very real question. And again, it comes back to, okay, when can he get back to practice? How much time can you spend on that? Because once you get to September – you know, boy, this is regular season prep, and your rehab guys have got to do that off to the side. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts, I guess, Reich-related on that. Uh, let's get into the options. So the Colts, in my opinion, they've got four options. Let's start with um, Jacob Beeson. Uh, we will weigh pros and cons to each of these. Certainly going with Eason would be just an awesome opportunity to evaluate your fourth-round pick from two years ago. And that's invaluable and evaluate him in super real settings 
you know, obviously the preseason, but certainly the regular season, get that red jersey off. And it wouldn't cost anything. You know, it's not like you're spending more money or a draft pick or anything like that. Um, it should help, theoretically, a bit of the vertical passing game. Obviously, there are cons, and would Eason be ready to handle what is one of the toughest stretches you will ever see to start an NFL season? Like, there are, <laughs> there's like real information on that, that that's true. I mean, it is an incredibly brutal um, stretch. And, and I, I know people are like, you know, you can find quarterbacks taken late in drafts, which, you know, Eason was day three. I know he's early day three, but I think he qualifies as that. That guys that have come in here and started early, but I think we have to remember Eason is unique in that. The pandemic last year takes all the spring workout, all the preseason games, throws 30-some passes and 11-on-11 during camp. Then you get to this year, again, no spring work. Now, he is embarking on the exact reps that he needs, you know, first team starting reps, end of the preseason, all of that. But before last Friday, I mean, this guy had barely done anything in terms of, again, proper evaluation, real-life here we go, final exam, not some bullshit, you know, open book, uh, let me take it home and I can do it with my roommates sort of thing. So um, there are pros and cons to each of these, obviously. Uh, I would go with Eason. You guys have heard me say that. You know, I, I don't want to rush Wentz back, let Eason roll, <laughs> you get the first round pick back in your pocket, um, and then see what you got. With Jacob Eason, you know, Carson gets you a couple solid months in there, you see what you have with him, and then you move into the offseason, and, and obviously you see how this year plays out. Do you make the playoffs, those things, whatnot. Um, but that's me. And I'm totally open to hearing ideas. That's what I love about it. I know, again, I, I know I'm in the minority with my colleagues. I think the fan base is a little bit more open to that idea than most of my colleagues. Um, but I think my colleagues probably follow what the Colts line of thinking is. But uh, I don't know. Who, who knows? Frank Reich gave, he gave a good impression today. Like, hey, Jacob, we like you a lot. But, you know, August 2nd versus... <laughs> You know, August 22nd, after seeing him in some preseason games, that could change. Okay, option number two, go with Brett Hundley. I know a lot of people uh, just turned off the podcast as soon as I said that, but it, we have to acknowledge it. He's the only healthy QB here that has done anything in the NFL. So three and six as a starter, um, you know, nine career starts. He, he is here. He, uh, you know, has done some teamwork. Um, you know, obviously he's gotten a head start on the playbook. They clearly identified him before the Wentz injury. Um, I... And again, this is going to sound super hyperbole, but Brett Hundley is much more like Carson Wentz playing style-wise than Jacob Eason is like Carson Wentz. Like, Hundley can move. Uh, Eason, a little bit, but I mean, he's not anything. I, I don't think he wants to be on the perimeter outside the pocket as much as Carson does. Now, the cons are obvious. Just look up his, you know, the back of his football card. It's 59% passer. It's 5.6 yards per attempt. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, look, jeez, I mean, it's, yeah, and obviously the con to any of these other moves, Eason, or excuse me, Hunley, free agent, draft, not draft, been a long day, <laughs> bear with me, Hunley, free agent, signing, or trade for a quarterback, the cons to all of these include that you're stunting Eason's development. Now, maybe, uh, tough luck, you're, you're, you're a fourth-round pick, you're either going to get a chance or not get a chance, but like that is a consistent con with all of that. So, I got Brett Hunley. Um, no certain order with this list, but I wanted to throw that on there. Um, our next option that we'll go with, sign a different veteran QB. Uh, the pro, it should give you an upgrade over what you have. Um, 
and it could salvage the start of the season. You know, if Carson's going to miss four games, there's two and two become a real possibility, whereas with Eason or Hunley, you know, one and three and oh and four are more realistic. Now, obviously, the names I read to you on Friday, like that list is theoretically should grow. There should be more names on that list with teams making roster cuts, those sorts of things. And obviously, that will make things a little bit more attractive. The cons is if you wait till late August when these guys get cut from their respective teams, and again, I'm watching quarterback races in Denver, New England, Chicago, uh, Mariota, in Vegas, like those, you know, Gardner Minshew, C.J. Beathard down in Jacksonville, those, that's where I'm kind of looking. You get them in here late August, early September, it's Jacoby Brissett 2017 all over again. Now, obviously, Nick Foles might be different, but then it's, okay, 10 days before the start of the season, are you comfortable throwing that guy into the fire? Now, Scott Tolzien had started in the NFL, unlike Eason back in 2017. Um, and Brissett wasn't the veteran that, like, some of these names that you see get thrown around a little bit. Another con is obviously it's going to cost money. Colts do have cap space, $11 million as of right now. No Jarius Leonard extension playing into that. But um, that is just another layer to this. All right, the last one, trade for a quarterback. Um, doing this would certainly give the Colts, I would say, the best chance at really salvaging the start of the season. Like, if you are all in on 2021, and again, I get that there are tons of fans who are just all in on every single season individually. I respect that, and I get that. And honestly, that's how a lot of organizational thinking happens. Sure, there's people in your building that need to be more long-term, but if you're a coach, you are all in, you know, day by day, week by week, year by year, you know, all that, you know, happy, whatever. Um, But trading for a quarterback would give you the best chance, whether that's Minshew or Dalton or Foles or Mariota or whoever, that's the biggest pro in all of this. Now, the con is just like, you're giving up draft capital, assuming you are. I don't see a player-for-player player swap necessarily. Uh, but that means you're down two draft picks for next season. Um, is giving up a draft pick worth it from a rental standpoint? Because, again... Let's say Wentz is back, you know, whatever. He misses two to three games. Is giving up a fifth-round pick for two to three games worth it? And, and that's where, you know, some of this calculation comes in. of like fourth-rounder for Eason, sixth-rounder for Ellinger. You know, second and third, it looks like right now. Maybe first and second still. Or um, first and third still for Wentz. Um, and then you throw in whatever, a fifth-rounder for Minshew or something like that. Are all those picks worth it just to potentially go 500? If that guy doesn't give you the upgrade that you're looking for, I mean, you got to be super, super locked in. And then, of course, that this falls into the same boat as the free agent QB. They'd be behind the eight ball in terms of uh, personnel and you know, pass catcher relationship and on the same page, you know, timing, rhythm, all that. And then, obviously, the playbook there. I did have someone ask me about Sam Ellinger. Um, Sam Jalen Morton took reps over Sam Ellinger the other day. Like, I, I, no, I, I just, I, I know Sam Elgar played a whole lot in college, but I don't think that is realistic. So that's why I didn't put it on the list. All right. We got about a, what, half dozen Twitter questions. Again, emergency pod here for Carson Wentz. Appreciate you all tuning in and uh, reading our content and also YouTube action. Um, 
Let's start with Jordy. Kevin, do you really think there's a chance the Colts trade for Nick Foles? Social media right now desperately wants it to happen for the drama, but the Colts just can't do the Wentz-Foles thing again, right? Well, I would say Nick Foles, more than social media, wants it to happen. Did you hear him today? I mean, geez, that was – check out my timeline if you missed that. <laughs> Nick Foles' um, passionate speech about his relationship with Frank Reich. I'll reiterate what I've said all along. Uh, as much as Nick Foles loves Frank Reich, I think Frank Reich might love Nick Foles even more. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If my quarterback cannot handle Nick Foles as his backup, that's too mentally jarring, then he's not tough enough to be my franchise quarterback. And that might be harsh, but that's just where I'm at. Now, you know, could Chris Ballard alleviate some of that for Frank Reich and, and Carson Wentz and say, all right, it's Nick Foles. There are other QBs like him out there. Now, not with the relationship that, that Frank has, but... You know, could you go a different route that maybe doesn't interfere with Carson or whatever? And I just think Wentz would still be worried. I mean, maybe a different environment, but I just think naturally once you've gone through that, especially when you get towards the playoffs kind of, I think that would creep back into it. Um, part of me looks at this, though, and says, hey, Ballard just does it, and you pay your coaches X amount of money to figure that out. And you pay these players X amount of money to figure it out. I don't think they would do it, but, man, that's that's really soft of me to say that. Because I, I say that because I think you would worry about Carson a little bit mentally. And I could be way out of bounds with that thought, but that's just my opinion on it. Josh, uh, since the current Wentz foot issue is from aggravating previous injuries, this is something that should have been caught earlier, maybe in the trade physical yeah, Josh, I, I, that's a very fair question. Um, you know, Karis Levert thing is what I thought of, and obviously that is a much, much bigger issue um, than what you're seeing here with, with Wentz. So, um, you know, I, I'd probably throw that on my list to ask Frank, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, you know, did it look lodged at one point and then it dislodged? I mean, I, gosh, my medical opinion is so <laughs> just – I'm just such an idiot when it comes to that stuff. Wake Spike, uh, with Wentz gone until the potentially until the end of October, would the Colts hold him out a few extra games if the season's not going well, ensuring that he does not hit the 75% mark on the conditional pick, thus ensuring they have a first-rounder in 2022 and they have more capital to sell the farm for a young QB. That said, I'm really hoping Eason goes Tom Brady and just lights it up out there. Yeah, you know, it's certainly something that I thought about. Wake Spike, you know, again, 75% threshold. If Carson Wentz plays that amount, it's a first-rounder to Philly. If he plays 70% and the Colts still make the playoffs, they also would send a first-rounder. Uh, anything less than that, and Carson Wentz in that pick becomes a second-rounder to Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, part of me says, man, let's, hey, let's massage that foot a little bit more, you know. Is Rex Ryan available? You know, we, hey, let's keep that rehab going a little bit longer here. And, you know, I also look at these first five games and think to myself, like, if you were going to say, Kevin Bowen, back on July 20th, or you were going to say, Kevin, first five games, what's the Colts record? You have to be correct. I'd probably say two and three. Maybe three and two, but I probably would have gone with two and three. So, like, is it worth it to do something drastic at QB if, like, that's what I think the record is going to be like? How big is the difference between one and four and two and three? Now, 
a lot of you would easily say, hey, look at how last year ended AFC South-wise. Totally get it, playoff-wise. Like, I, I know what one game means. But again, is it worth it from a draft pick standpoint or free agency money? And this factors into that as well. Now, I really, really don't think that the Colts are going to make decisions based off the 75% threshold. I don't. But how is it not on your mind just a little bit? Wyatt, hypothetical here, said Carson ends up re-aggravating his foot and has to get surgery. I think Wyatt sent this in before uh, today's news came out. That'll keep him out at least six weeks or later. And in that time, Eason, Ellinger, the new guy, are all incapable of mustering up even one win. Do we just become big sellers and hope for a top pick in the next draft, or what then? Dramatic, I know, but just wondering. I mean, no team. Well, I shouldn't say no team, but the Colts are not going to sell. Teams rarely sell in the NFL. The schedule certainly eases up. Uh, you got to think you're in the easiest division, the AFC, and there's also seven teams that make the playoffs. So, I mean, look at the NFC last year. I mean, that that last wild card spot um, was up for grabs really late in the year, whereas the AFC obviously went to much what 11 win team. So, no, I don't I don't see that why. Sam, if uh, Carson Wentz is clear to play by week three of the preseason, do you risk playing him for a few snaps, 10 to 15, or wait to roll him out for week one of the regular season? Sam, I, to me, I feel like Carson Wentz needs two weeks of practice at a minimum before you put him out there in-game action. That might be a little bit high. Some people say, hey, full week of team practice would be good to go. Okay, fair. Now, I, I just... If you're asking me today, is Carson Wentz going to play in the preseason? I would say no. No chance. All right, let's wrap up with Tanner. I don't know about you, but I'm really wanting to see what Jacob Eason can do. Say Eason balls out in the preseason and he's forced to play week one. He leads us to a win and goes 25 of 31 with three TDs and one pick after week one. Wentz is able to play. Do you roll up the hot hand and ease Wentz back in later, or do you throw him back in ASAP? Boy, gotta love that one. Uh, if it's one game, I would. And Carson Wentz is ready. I think they put him in there. Yeah, man, wouldn't that be a great problem to have? Wouldn't that be a great problem to have? Yeah, that's certainly something to uh, to think about. All right, everybody, that'll wrap up this emergency podcast. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Again, uh, much more of a normal podcast. Chris and I will be in studio for that, recapping. Uh, the Colts have an off day on Thursday, so that's why we, we, we want to get in there kind of Thursday afternoon and, and have just a normal podcast. So any Wentz-related questions that you guys send after this, I will uh, get to those then. And uh, like I said, 107.5 The Fan, all of our training camp coverage, we've been, you know, I said it this time last week, I, I get excited this time of year, uh, I love producing this content. You guys seem to be consuming it at a really high rate. If you guys have any suggestions or thoughts or anything like that, feel free to let me know. But I know the news hasn't all been great over the past week or so, but thank you guys for doing that. And those notebooks have a lot of tidbits in them. You know, I put, what, 12 to 15 in there each day from practice. So keep on checking that out. Kevin Bowen signing off this edition of Kevin's Corner. Talk to you guys Wednesday.